Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you're there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. We're going to start at 2 Peter, the first verse. It's a little bit of reading, about 10 verses, but we'll get through it. Amen. This is written from the Apostle Peter. And it says this, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a faith of, of equal standing, with ours by the righteousness of God and Savior, Jesus Christ. May grace and peace be multiplied unto you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ, our Lord. His divine power has granted us all things. Somebody say all things. That pertain to life and godliness. That's one of my core scriptures that I live by. Through the knowledge of him who has called us to his glory and excellence. By which he has granted to us his precious and great promises. How many know that God has precious, great promises set for us? So that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature. That means that you can become more like Jesus when we receive the promises that he has for us. Having escaped from the corruption that is in this world because of the sinful nature. For this very reason, this is, this is our subject today. Make every effort. To supplement, I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Make every effort to supplement, your, your King James may say add to, supplement your faith with virtue. And your virtue with knowledge. And knowledge with self-control. And self-control with steadfastness. And steadfastness with godliness. And godliness with brotherly affection. And brotherly affection with love. And eight says, for if these qualities are yours and are increasing, somebody say, and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective and unfruitful. I'm going to read that again. He said, for if these qualities, that litany of things that I just read, he said, for if these qualities are yours and are increasing, meaning that we can't just, we can't be a maintenance man, we have to be a constructor, we have to be an, a, build, a builder, amen? He said, if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is nearsighted and he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. In this great reading, therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fail. Oh my goodness, isn't that some great reading? He said, make sure, my brother, that you be diligent to confirm your calling and your election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fail. Somebody say, live undeveloped. I know that sounds crazy. Every week has been something like, what are you talking about, Pastor? But God wants to, us to live an un, 
developed life. And the reason that this scripture stood out for me, not because of what, not only because of what it said, you keep playing, bro. Not only because of what it said, it was who it was said by. You know, many people can say many things, but it's sometimes the experience that you have that really gives the words their weight. Amen. Somebody 18 can't tell me about the, 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 the trials of life. You had not done enough living yet. You hadn't been there and bought the t-shirt. You hadn't, you know, uh, been there and suffered. You hadn't been in the trenches. Yeah, you can repeat something you heard somebody say, but sometimes experience is the only thing that gives your words weight. Somebody say experience. And if you notice, this letter is written to the church from the apostle Peter. And Peter is telling him, he said, look, all these things, all this faith that you have in Jesus Christ is great. You have to have faith in order to fulfill what God has called you to do. He said, but in, in, on top of your faith, I need you to do some things. I need you to be, it, it's, it's okay to have faith, but tell somebody, you cannot stop at faith. So this is what he told him to do. He said, I need you to supplement your faith with virtue. Meaning that you constantly need to be filling, filling your heart and your mind with truth. You know, you know how Paul said, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are lovely, you need to be exposing yourself to the truth. He talks about, then you're going to add to your truth, you need to add knowledge. Knowledge of Jesus Christ and who he has made you. And to your knowledge, you need to have some self-control. See, it does no good to know something if you don't execute it. See, we are in the information age. You can go on Google and you can find out anything. See, the word of God said that this generation will become wiser and more wicked. It's not, it's, not, it's not that there is a lack of knowledge. It's a lack of application of what you know. He said, then you have to add to it knowledge. And then you have to add self-control. And then when, you have, then, then when you find a place of self-control, you have to be steadfast. Somebody say consistency. I've never seen so many people who are flaky all of my days. They can't, they can't, they start something, they're all, they're, they're all, uh, they're all excited and I'm going to do this. And by and three weeks later, they, they, they're doing something totally opposite. They have no steadfastness, they have no staying power. And, and Peter is telling them, he said, look, it's good. You have to be comprehensive. Somebody say comprehensive. You have to build on things. These are building blocks. We are living out for God in our life, line upon line, precept upon precept, brick upon brick. And so it is, it, it is wonderful that you have come to Jesus Christ. This is what Peter is saying. It is wonderful that you have accepted the completed work of Jesus Christ, but tell somebody there is more. And that's what the devil is banking on, that we just stop at salvation and that we don't go further. And what he's saying here, I won't go through the whole litany because we've read it already. But what he's saying is, it's great that you have been saved, but now it's time for you to be developed. Somebody say development. And here's the reason. Peter is, at this time, see, it's one thing. See, Paul, Paul, Paul ended up having more impact in, 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 in width and breadth. But there is something about Peter it has more weight to his words than anybody else. You know why? Because he walked with Jesus. See, Paul encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus after Jesus had died in his spirit. He said, Paul, why dost why thou persecute him? He said, that's all well and good. He was persecuting him and he met Jesus in the spirit. But, but Peter walked with Jesus. And he's telling him, he said, look, 
I may be the apostle. I may be the one that y'all look up to. See, Peter was the one that they they, they credited with being the, the, one of the one of the the, the bedrocks and the cornerstones of the Christian faith. They even almost worship him in Catholicism. That he, he that Peter was the embodiment of Jesus Christ, and therefore Peter was the original pope. That's what Catholics believe. But we all know that, that, that that's not, you know, Jesus was the embodiment of Jesus. Now, but that, that's how much impact that Peter had, that he impacted kingdoms. And, and, and let me tell you, and then this is the reason Peter can speak with such passion. He started out as a fisherman, and then Jesus made him a disciple. Then he went from just a lowly, knuckleheaded disciple to the one that believed Jesus enough to walk on water. He's the only other man recorded other than Jesus himself that walked on water. Talking about, tell somebody that Peter had development. Not only was Peter was the only one that walked on water, but he was one of three that saw Jesus, that, that traveled with Jesus up to the Mount of Transfiguration and saw, and saw Jesus turn to a translucent bright figure to where he met with the, with, with, uh, with the uh, ancient fathers of the faith. Jesus sent Peter when they were, they were challenging him and said, you know, is, is, it, is, it, uh, is it lofty and is it prudent for even the master to pay taxes? He said, Peter, come here. I want you to go down to the, to the ocean and the first fish that comes out of the ocean, there's going to be some gold in his mouth. Peter saw some things, y'all. That's Peter who Jesus used. But look at this. But Peter is also the one that tried to keep Jesus from dying and Jesus had to turn and say, Satan! The Lord God rebuke you, get thee behind me. So Peter experienced the highs of highs and he experienced the lows of lows. Peter is the one that Jesus said, you know, you're going to deny me. He said, no, no, master, I won't deny you. He said, before the, before the cock crows twice, you're going to deny me three times. He said, no, master, I never do that. He said, okay. And when the pressure got on Peter, he said, aren't you the one? Aren't you Peter? He's like, no, that ain't me. He said, no, 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 man. I see you. When Jesus was opening them blind eyes, didn't I see you in the crowd? Why didn't you want to No, man, that ain't me. No, man, no, no, no. It's something about you. Then he cussed at the man saying, blank, no, that ain't me. I don't know that man. And then he heard that cock crow. And he was so sorrowful, he ran out of the confines of the city. And I believe he considered suicide like Judas did. Because of what the master told him he would do. When pressure, let me tell you something about pressure. Pressure will bust a pipe. That's why we got to have our hope and our trust in Jesus. And when the pressure got on him, he denied Jesus. But Peter was also the one that when Jesus got restored and he walked through the walls, he said, go tell my disciples and Peter to come and meet me. The one that was so loud, the one that was so bold, he's also the one that cut off the soldier's ear when they came to get Jesus. They saw Jesus heal the man's ear. He said, Peter, if you live by the sword, you're going to die by it, man. Don't do that. This is, this is God's will. It has to be walked out. And lastly, Peter was the one that when they when the, when the 120 were in the upper room and the Holy Spirit ushered in that room in Acts 2 and 2 
They were all in one place on one accord. And the Holy Spirit came as, as if a mighty rushing wind and it filled the house where all of them were sitting and then fell on them cloven tongues of fire. And they spoke with other tongues as God gave them utterance. And you have to understand the feast of Pentecost was going on. And people say, what is going on? These people are drunk. It's midday. And then Peter with his big mouth, he understood the revelation, having been restored back to the kingdom, having been restored back to Jesus. He said, these men are not drunk as ye suppose. But this is what has been prophesied by the prophet Joel, that your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Peter preached the first message of the modern day church. And that day, 3,000 were added to the church. I talk about a man who had just got restored from denying the Jesus that he preached about. Peter knows something about development. Tell somebody, you must be developed. First point is, development, no matter how much you want to, to, to know that it's going to be a straight line of ascension, development does not happen in a straight line. Look at, look at the life of Peter. He went through ups and downs. He went through ins and outs. He had the exhilaration of seeing, of walking on water with Jesus, and then he went to the low and the pit of disparity of denying the very Jesus that he cut a man's ear off for. So why is it that we fall prey when we go through hard places? I believe that God is just sending us through a moment of development. Somebody say development. We understand development. When a mother conceives a child, medical terms, they call it gestation, which is about 37 weeks or nine months, and the baby goes through, through they, they start off as a little zygote. Can, you can't even, it doesn't even look like anything. It's a little thing, it, it looks like a little just squid or something like that. It looks like a, like a shrimp. And as the months and the weeks go by, you see your arm. The first thing the doctor sees, puts, put, puts the sonogram, and you hear the that brain and that heart starts developing. And the mother goes for a checkup every month to check on what? Development. We understand development real good. And what about, what, what about when that baby is born? I remember when my three children were born, the first time, see, I, see I, I'm, on, I'm looking, I'm happy because my children were born, but I'm looking to see what they're doing. Cutting the cord and checking the baby, and I see the nurse doing all this stuff, picking the baby up and yelling out numbers. I'm like, uh, man, what are you doing? I'm asking. She said, well, I'm, I'm giving the APGAR score. There are certain things that when a baby is born, they ought to have certain reflexes. There are certain things they ought to do because medicine has studied babies being born ever since the dawn of the century. And they say there, are, there should be certain things that babies should do. So they give them, they look at the baby's color. Somebody medical, somebody medical correct me if I'm wrong. They look at the baby's color. They look at the baby's reflexes. They look at how their eyes, how their eyes respond to the light. Do, do, do the eyes, do the um, contract, do, you know, do the, do the iris expand and contract. Cause they showing that, that, that shows how, how, how clean the brain is functioning. Oh, because they have measurements on development and if the score isn't good enough then they know so I, we need to send them to the NICU or we need to do some things or there's some things that are not in place somebody say development and after the child is born 
they go every month and then they space out every couple of months. And then they got a growth chart based on percentile, where your child should be in their growth, where they should be in their weight. Because they've, they've already charted out where your development, and if your child is not growing like it should, and they're asking you questions like, are they responding to your commands? Do they hold their head up? Are they sleeping at night? Are they getting good rest? Because they know by certain benchmarks, your child should be doing this, and if they are not, then that is reason for concern so they can intervene all because they have not had proper, somebody say development. But guess what, y'all? After they become children, after they go through high school, after they go all this, all of a sudden, nobody's measuring your development anymore. It's whatever way you want to go. You're grown now. Whatever you want to do. But I got a question for you. When did adult development and your Christian development become optional? concerned from when you're conceived all the way through like when you're 15 or 16 but at some point people stop caring about your development I can show you right now my son is about looking me in the eye he is as tall as me he wears a size a half size shoe bigger than me one would say looking at him especially as young as I look that he is old as mature me, but when you hear him talk and how he reasons, you find out he's nothing but an 11-year-old boy. Meaning that you can look the part. But your action, your reaction, and how you talk will show your level of development. Somebody say development. But when did development become optional? I'm saved, I'm sanctified, and I'm on my way to heaven. And thank God, Lord, I got a mansion waiting on me, and I'm going to walk on streets of gold. And you are still in the same spiritual place that you were from back in 1973. Still responding the same way. The devil's still hitting you in that soft spot, and you still respond to it every time. Somebody say development. Paul said it like this. Paul said, I count not myself to apprehend it. It's one thing I do. I forget all those things which are behind me. Meaning he said, as much as I've progressed, as much as I know, he said, I'm going to press towards the mark, meaning that there is still need for my development. Now, if Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, who is revered as one of the greatest minds in Christendom ever known. If he can say, he say, I haven't apprehended, meaning I haven't achieved anything. I'm forgetting those things because there is more development that I need. And I've got to press for it. Meaning that the older that we get, the more we think we know, the more we got to push through it. Because life and the devil will tell us there is nothing else for us to learn. There is nothing else that we have to achieve that we can sit back and be at rest. Let me tell you something. You should not rest until you get into eternity. There are always higher heights and deeper depths in Christ Jesus. Tell somebody, be developed. Be developed, be developed, be developed. But this is the thing about development, y'all. Development is an admission that who and where you are is not good enough to take you to your destination. Yeah. Say, 
where, who, who and what I am was good enough to get me right here. Everything that you've done, everything that you're made up of, it is good enough to get you right to this spot. But I guarantee you, you can put this money in the bank. What you are is not good enough to take you where God wants you to go. And he says there is need for development. But let me tell you this. Development indicates a need for, for a future and higher use. So God says, I need you to be developed because there's more in you that I need to come out of you. That is a vote of confidence that you're not through. Tell somebody, you're not through. Come on, encourage him. Tell him God's not through with you. All that you've done, all that he's seen, all that he's used you for, God is not through with you. But in order to take you to that next level of use, I need you go through, to, go, to go through a process of development. Amen? And the need for development is an indication of untapped potential. So the devil will have you to think that, you know what? You're not qualified. You're not good enough. You don't fit the bill. But I'm telling you, flip what the devil is trying to accuse you of and look at the glass half full. If the glass is half full, that means there's more room for God to put. I'm glad y'all quiet because you're paying attention. Tell somebody there's more room for God to pour in. The more inadequate, the more undeveloped you are, there's more room for God to to develop you. Let me tell you something. I've worked 15 plus years in housing, in development of properties and all those things. And let me tell you something. When people are building neighborhoods and when people are building all these complexes and all that stuff, people think it's the owner that gets the most money. It's not. People think it's the general contractor that gets the most money. It's not. People think it's the frontline people that are pouring the concrete and all that stuff. Those people getting money, they're getting paid well. But you know who gets the most money? I'm talking about residual money, the developer. It's a developer. You know why? Because the developer is the one that does the deals in the background. It's a developer that goes to the bank and gets this money. And what they have back in the language of the contract, I've seen it, that the the developer has moved on to 10 and 12 projects down the road. And for 25 years, they've got residual income coming in. So it's the one who does the developing, which is the one who's going to have most value. And there are millions and millions of Christians that stopped at salvation. There are millions of Christians that stopped at just being saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. And all they want to do is shout. And all they want to do is feel good in church. But God said, no, there is more that I require of you. And and if you're going to reach the level that I've called you to, you have to submit yourself to development. Somebody say, develop me, Lord. But I tell you this, there's a danger because many of us, we have giftings, we have talents, we have all kinds of things that God has placed inside of us. And guess what, y'all? Giftings come without repentance. That you can flow in something. You can take somebody who's a backslidden preacher, you give him the mic, and he can make you feel something. Because that gift is always there. 
But if we don't cultivate that gift, if we don't wrap it up in virtue and truth and brotherly love and temperance, if we don't wrap it up in those things, the devil will use that gifting to take you out in the barren land and you will be by yourself. And so we're going to talk about real quick the dangers of deployment without development. See, so many times the devil wants to get us in an anxious spirit, but we're out there and, and people are pushing us. You know, man, you're so gifted in this and you ought to start this and you ought to do this. And we, and we realize that somebody came and gave us a prophecy and it may be a prophecy that's on point, but, but all of a sudden we're running after this and, and we're seeking, trying to get discovered and we're, re- and we're seeking, trying to do this. But let me tell you something about development. If you are deployed like a, like, like, like a soldier, you know, that, that, that's a military term, being deployed. Somebody say deployment. But no soldier is deployed without going through basic training. Somebody say basic. You know, that, you know the reason they send a soldier through basic training? They have to deprogram, deprogram them from being a civilian. They have to teach them how soldiers walk, how soldiers march. They have to teach them about being part of a team. Why? He said they do, they do it for weeks and weeks before you even get a gun. Because if we put you out there on the front line without giving you the basics of development, you're going to be a danger to yourself and everybody around you. Somebody say development. Deployment without development will end in destruction. I've seen people time after time that had gifted, that had a call, but they didn't stay long enough to be developed. Am I telling the truth, Dad? And they ran out there and ran into a buzzsaw, all because you were not willing to sit in an incubator and get developed. And so one of the enemies of development is anxiousness. Somebody say anxiousness. That's when you got this burning fire. Oh, I want to do this for God. I got this burning, and I just, I just got to do this, and, I, and God has called me to this. God is going, sit yourself down, calm yourself down. If the calling is on you, it'll show. Your gifts will make room for you and put you before great men. I mean, you have to seek great men. Your gift will make room for you and smack dab in the middle. It'll tap you on the shoulder and God will elevate you to a level and put you in a place of greatness. But if you put put yourself there, you're responsible for keeping yourself there. Somebody say anxiousness. Let me tell you this. David was anointed by Saul, by Samuel. He came to his daddy's house. He said, I came to anoint a king. All the brothers came out and said, no, that ain't that one, that ain't that one, that ain't that one. He said, this one might be. And then God said, no, 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 Samuel. Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And while he looks all kingly, he looks like something that you would see in a movie. I see his heart, and he's not a heart that I could use. He asked his daddy, Jesse, is there one more? He said, well, yeah, that's David, my son. He's on the back mountain tending the sheep. He said, bring him here. And Samuel had a horn of oil that would not start flowing until it got over to the head of the one who was destined to be king. Oil flows where it sees promise. But you know what David did? He didn't get caught up. I'm the king. I'm going to be the king one day, y'all practicing, you know, how I'm going to get in and out the throne and practicing doing his hand like that. You know what he did? He went back to tending his father's sheep. 
even Jesus, his mom and daddy caught him in the synagogue when he was 12 years old teaching, having wisdom greater than, greater than the, the rabbis in the, in the synagogue. And the mom and daddy said, come on, Jesus. He said, mom, I must be about my father's business. So come on, Jesus. But you never heard anything about Jesus doing anything, anything else until he was 30 years old. So what was Jesus doing in that 18-year interim? He was being developed for his true launching. And I'm speaking to those that have giftings, those that has promise over your life. You got dreams. I don't know you got a book of things you want to do for God, and that's all well and good. But God said, I want you to be developed. When you are developed, you will not fail. But see, what the devil wants us to do is, he wants us to start deploying our giftings, our talents, and what God has placed in us. And guess what, y'all? You'll have some success with it. I've seen people that stepped out on just gifting, and they've had some measure of success with it. But they'll never reach the full potential of what God wanted them to do. Somebody turn with me to 2 Corinthians. The fourth chapter, it says this. For this light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. I'm going to translate that for you. A far more exceeding. When you, do, when you say far more exceeding, whenever you have the word more in it, that means it is a comparative phrase. Meaning that it, it, when you let these, when these light afflictions come to you, it increases your value. I want y'all to pay attention to me. Somebody say value. He's saying the light affliction is, is for a moment. Can you stand the light affliction? Because if you can, it is working a far more exceeding eternal weight. Weight is a measurement. Something weighs more. You know when they talk about diamonds, diamonds value is determined by the weight, the carat weight of that diamond. The more you weigh, the more weight you have. The more you can take, you have more value to the kingdom. Somebody say value. Y'all do know that the raw form of a diamond is simply a lump of coal. And guess what, y'all? Coal is not useless because you can burn coal to generate heat. There are still power plants that still use coal to generate heat and water to create electricity. Tell somebody coal has value. Coal has value but it has limited use. And I don't want us to shortchange us. And I hope y'all are paying good attention to me. This ain't a shopping message but this is something that if you take it in it will change your life and how you approach what God has put in your life. Amen. And so what the devil is banking on is that we accept a lower form in existence of our living. He wants you to live a cold life. Then you know, hey, coal ain't bad. You can burn it. It provides heat for people's homes. It provides electricity in a power plant. But when the coal is, fin is finished being burned, that's the end of its use. It's limited in scope, although it has value. But if a lump of coal is put under pressure and heat over time, 
it turns into a priceless diamond. And, 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 and like the Beers coined the phrase, a diamond is forever. Something like a lump of coal that can be crumbled up that's dusty when it's put under pressure. That's why Paul is talking about this light affliction is working a far more exceeding weight of glory. Could it be that God allowed the pressure? Could it be that God allowed the people to talk about you? Could it be that God allowed people to turn their backs on you to get you in the place of heat and pressure because he's trying to refine you from a piece of coal that has some value to a, to a, to a valuable diamond that has unlimited value? and heat and being singled out is part of your development. Somebody say, Lord, develop me. You choose. Do you want to be a shimmering diamond? Or do you want to be a lump of coal? Both of them have a use. But only one has value. You, if somebody came before you right now. Here's a piece of coal. Here's a diamond. Which one you want? Oh, there's no question. Tell somebody, I'm taking the diamond. And the world is waiting. The, world, the word of God talks about that the earth is groaning. It is in travail waiting for the sons of God to manifest. But tell somebody you got to go through your development. Turn with me from Romans 8 and 18. It says this. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy of being compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. God took me to this. How many of you like, how many of the ladies like pearls? Amen. They're beautiful. Beautiful how they natural, I'm talking about natural pearls. How they just shimmer. Divide all that light. Do you not know that a pearl is created because a grain of sand has gotten into an oyster? You know oysters that everybody eat? You fry them, you do all that stuff. Some people eat them raw. But they're at the bottom of the ocean and a grain of sand gets into, the, gets into an oyster. And, and what the oyster does in order so that it, that it survives... The irritation causes a reaction in the oyster. And so the oyster creates this chemical called knacker. And it encapsulates the grain of sand. And it keeps putting layer and layer of knacker around it until it creates this ball around it. And that ball is called a pearl. Well, you say, well, what does that mean, Pastor Tony? The sufferings 
the irritation. Anybody just ever been irritated? Stuff just bothers you. Your family, your children, all kind of stuff. Tell somebody, I can get irritated at times. Well, Paul said the sufferings of this present age is actually going to create value inside of you. Just like that oyster, a pearl is created out of irritation. When, when, when something invades the purity of your space and irritates your mind and disturbs your spirit, God said that is an opportune place for me to develop something valuable inside of you. Everybody standing. God said, I want you to start embracing those areas of development. Somebody say development. Development. God, we desire that you develop us. Lord, it was a quick message today, Lord, but we thank you, Lord, that you have called us to a level of development. God, we want to be like Peter. Ask him for him to start developing you. Show him your areas of development. Come on, start praying to the Lord that he shows you. That's the only true way you're going to have the most value. The only true way that you're going to do the exploit that God told you to do is if you go through pressure. That if you go through hardship, that if you go through being ostracized, yes, even I would say even if you go through that sickness, this working a far more exceeding weight of glory. So don't despise the trial. Don't despise what you're going through. Don't despise the irritation because it is creating an opportunity. It is creating space for God to make you valuable. God said, don't jump out of the oven. Don't jump, don't jump out of the pressure cooker. He said, you endure that hardness as a good soldier. We've been making endure for the night, but joy is coming in the morning. If you don't give up, you will win. If you don't give up, if you don't change the confession of your faith, God said, I am working an exceeding weight of glory through you, but you must embrace development. See, don't settle for a lower level of existence. Don't settle for the lump of coal when God said you can be a diamond. Come on, somebody cry out to the Lord. God said, don't you settle. Don't you settle. Don't you settle. Somebody cry out to the Lord. Say, Lord, develop me. Develop me. True way you're gonna use me to the degree that I know you promised me is if you go through development. Even Jesus had to go through development. He he, he warred with God in the Garden of Gethsemane. Say, God, I know why you created me. I was born to die. But if there's any other way, no, say, God, God said, No, you have to go through this process in order to be the full measure of what I created you to be, Jesus, my son. You have to go through the process. God is saying, I want you, my child, to embrace development. And we will forever be reaching. Just like Paul said, I will be pressing towards the mark for the rest of my life. That when I develop at this level, I don't care how old you are. 
You got to press towards another mark. Some of you, that's, what's, that's the only thing keeping you alive, that you're pressing towards a new mark. Tell somebody, get you a new mark. Come on, come on, come on. When you stop pressing, you stop living. When you stop pressing, you stop living. God said there is a new mark. There are higher heights. There are deeper depths. I don't care how much you see. There is a new level. God said, I want you to press towards. I want you to press towards. And that new level requires development. Your old tools will not get you there. There is more refining I have for you. There is more development I have for you. There are more things I want to show you. There are more things I need to show you. There are new things I need to speak to you. There are new revelations. Deep call of unto deep. There is a new level that I'm calling you to. But it requires your development. Paul said, I count myself to apprehend it. I haven't attained anything. But because of that, there's one thing I do. I forget all those other things. Forget all my successes. We always want to forget the failures. The failures. But God said, you can't hang your hat on what I've done in the past. God said, I want to do something new in your life. God said, I shall do a new thing in you. But you got to be willing to let go of the old thing I did in you to embrace a new thing. You can't hold with so much in your hands. God said you got to let the old thing go so you can embrace the new. But in order to do that, you got to submit yourself. Somebody say submit yourself to development. Amen. For the next about 30, 45 seconds, can you just hold a hand with your neighbor and pray with them that God begin to develop them, that he begin to show them Come on, come on, come on. Pray with that neighbor. I don't care how old they are. I don't care how long they've been saved. God said there is more development that you need. To take you where you're going, there is more development in your life. Don't despise the development. It may mean pressure. It may mean being ostracized. It may mean being talked about. It may mean that you may walk this walk alone for a period of time. But God said, don't despise your phase of development. I'm building value in you that nobody can deny. I'm building value in you. Don't resist the irritation. Don't try to pluck out the irritation. God said, let it stay there. It is building a precious pearl in you. It is developing a, 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 a heavier weight of glory. God said, there is a heavier weight of glory that I want to develop in you. But you must endure irritation Come on, pray for that neighbor that they don't despise development that development may, need, may mean you need some correction come on come on only bastards only bastards resist correction but a son will take it God, give us a spirit of humility. It may be somebody younger than us. It may be somebody that we perceive to be more undeveloped. But that may, that may be the people we need to submit ourselves to to learn something. Lord, let give us a spirit of humility. Let us ever give us a hunger for development. Lord, we, all, most of us are hungry for the outcome. Most of us are hungry for the fish and the loaves. Most of us are hungry for the land of milk and honey. But God, give us a hunger to be developed. Because that's where our value is going to be attained. As you develop us. Somebody say, God, develop me. Come on, pray for that neighbor that they be developed. 
we give you free reign in our lives. We say just like Paul did, we, we, we have not attained or apprehended anything. We're going to press. We're going to submit ourselves to be developed. We submit ourselves to be taught. We submit ourselves. We give our will over to you, God. We don't know anything. We count all that we have learned as dumb. It's waste, God. We know nothing. God, we are going to approach you in prayer as if we know nothing. We're going to approach God. We are a blank sheet of paper, God. We know nothing. We have no value except the value that you put on us, God. Right now, God, we thank you, Lord, that you are causing us to go from level to level, from deep to deep, God. Higher heights and deeper depths, God. But it's going to take our progression. It's going to require that we be developed in your presence, God. want to be a glimmering diamond we don't want to skip the process we don't want to speed the process we don't want to be a cubic zirconian god we want to be an authentic diamond god we don't want to be a cheap original god we want to be authentic Lord, let us embrace let us embrace our development Thank you for tuning in today with Fellowship Church. We pray that you were blessed by the message, and we would like to connect with you through our website, fellowshipws.org, or facebook.com slash fellowship. If you are ever in the greater triad area, we would love for you to be our VIP for weekend worship experience on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. On behalf of Pastor Tony and the Fellowship family, thank you again for joining us. And remember to love God, love people, and impact the world.